Today we're finishing up our look at one another and building up one another, this, this idea that Christ wants to build his church, and his church is built through individuals. It is built through us. Uh, it, it is not an institution. It is not built by an organization, um, but it is built when normal people like you and me decide to step up and follow Jesus and say, God, use me to build something great. Because that's all it is. It's just a combination of humbled people in the hand of God. And Jesus said that when we do that, uh, that he is using us to build his church, that he will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That, that as we uh, surrender ourselves to what God would want, that God can use us uh, connected to others to break down every weapon of wickedness and evil in this world, the things that have broken us, the things that cause us sorrow, the things that um, uh, steal from us, the peace and joy of life, um, the things that we struggle with in this world are broken down when we come together. And, and sometimes we, we forget the power of coming together, that this is what God has chosen uh, to bring his redemption into the world. And so therefore, it is important that we, we, as we read the word, that we take up the challenges of, of beginning to grow with each other. And that is what these one another uh, statements were all about. They are meant to be the source in which we join together and grow together and experience freedom from the things that, that, that break us, that, that destroy us. And yet many times we, we see those things as individual struggles, and they were never meant to be individual struggles. Um, we need to begin uh, to move out of our me focus and look into our we focus. Because salvation is, and we've even used this, um, you know, it's all about my personal walk with Jesus. And yes, it is a personal walk, and we do that, but that personal walk was meant to be a first step to a communal walk with Jesus. Um, it, it is not about me and Jesus, it's about we and Jesus. And it always has been. That has been the heart of God. The very character of God himself is a we. God doesn't even say I, it says we. It, it is the Father and the Son and the Spirit surrendering themselves to one another that creates the, the, the love that we experience. And so we've been looking at this, um, uh, this building project because one another is a building project. It is as we love one another that we begin to build a church, as we begin to encourage one another, as we begin to accept one another, as we begin to forgive one another, as we begin to serve one another, as we begin uh, to give our lives in every way, as we begin to rejoice with one another, um, as we begin to honor one another, when we find joy in other people more than in ourselves, I'm telling you, we become stronger, we build the church. And so when we come to today, um, we're going to wrap up this series, and there's still so many more. There, there's something like over 40 different things that the, that the New Testament and the Old Testament talks about one another. And so we're just barely scratching the service, surface, but hopefully we've hit the major ones that if you begin to live in that way. See, now that's the problem. We, we, we've talked about seven different things so far, 
But are we really living those things? Because I'm telling you, if you put those into practice, if you begin to dedicate yourself to, to begin to see those things grow in your life, because we all have areas to grow. We all need to, to work on honoring one another. We all need to work on serving one another. We all need to work on accepting one another. Because a lot of times what we think we, we are at a certain level, but we haven't gone to the level that God wants us to go to. Um, so we're all working on that. But as we do that, um, the whole purpose, at which we have said from the very beginning, is for Christ to build his church. Now, here's the thing. Let, let's assume that we've started to put those into practice. And, and I thank God for our church here. Uh, and, and we are practicing those things. We're working on it. We're getting better. And hopefully we can go even deeper. Uh, but I thank God for this church that he has built and he is building. But we cannot... Focus on that and forget that the church is built for one reason. It's not just to build the church. It's not just to have our association with one another. It's not just about building friendships and being uh, uh, the body that comes together. We have to fill the church. You see, the church, the tabernacle at the beginning and then the temple and then the church itself was all meant for one purpose to be filled with the presence of God. You see, God told him to build it so that his presence could come and fill it. And many times we forget that. It is not to fill the church with more people. That just builds the church bigger so that we can fill it with his presence. So we need to understand that as we build the church, what are we filling it with? What are we filling this church with? What is our, our purpose in doing those things, um, it is not just to build a church just to step back and say, oh, look at what a church. Because I'm telling you, as you travel around the world, you can go places and see great monuments of architecture. Uh, we just uh, spent another uh, summer um, uh, over in Europe and, and uh, uh, seen once again the great, beautiful things that have been built. I, I love going into one of uh, the great cathedrals in Paris, Saint-Chapelle. It is beautiful. But you know what? All it's filled with now is tourists, people that, that admire it, but it is not a place where the Holy Spirit fills the presence of the church. Um, uh, around the world, there are great pictures of, and, and cathedrals that are just dead. They are just empty. They have people in them, and they actually even sometimes do services in them, but is the Spirit of God, the presence of God filling them to where when other people come, they are transformed by the Spirit of God. You see, we are here to grow together, to build our relationships, not just uh, as a social club where people can come and, man, that's a great place to have friends, but it is a place that we are to Come together so that the presence of God will fill this place, not just to give people a, a friendly place to be, but where when people come in, there is an actual spiritual transformation that would change even us, that we begin to be transfused with the power of God. And that is what breaks down the chains of the enemy. So how does that happen? How do we fill this church that he is building. And I'm going to tell you, it comes from 
two things. It is what we speak into it. Um, it is what we bring. It is when we speak to one another. It is when we sing to one another. It is when we bring this idea of worship and praise into this place. This is the presence of God that we must choose to fill our gatherings with. What do we talk about when we come together? What are we filling this? Because, you know, what we say, even in our own life, maybe we need to ask, what am I filling my life with? Because I'm a part of the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm a part of the church. So even when we leave this gathering, we are still the church. What am I filling the church with? And I'm going to tell you, even in our life, what we choose to speak about tends to set the direction of our life. In the book of James, it says your tongue is like a rudder of a ship. It doesn't matter what you feel. The more you talk about something, the direction of your life is going to follow what you talk about. Um, and we need to begin to take control of that. Uh, it talks about our tongue is something that can either destroy or it can fill with love and life. And we all fall short in that area. It's not to look at, point the finger at anyone. We all need to say, what am I speaking about? What am I singing about? In my life, am I singing? Uh, you know, we ask yourself, God, give me a song. Um, it, it says that God desires to put a song in our heart that we sing. And even more so as we come together, what are we talking about? What are we singing about? Uh, is it just the the the... The common, you know, how's things going, how's the days, and we laugh and, and, and have a good conversation, but, but are we going deeper than that? And the problem with that is, are we taking time to give ourselves opportunities? Go Because if we only see ourselves in passing five minutes on Sunday morning, then there is not the opportunity to fill this place with that. And that's why we come together. That is why we need to make a a, a determination to come together so that I can speak into one another, so that I can receive someone to speak into my life. We need one another to speak into my life and to sing into my life. There is power when we receive and even when we just come into the environment of worship and admonishment and teaching and, and encouragement uh, it is that environment that sets the direction of this life. If I am going to be the church that Jesus is building, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, then I need to be full of what God wants to speak into me, and he speaks into me through one another. So today we're going to just encourage us to think about what we are speaking, what we are singing, and we're going to look at two scriptures and I love this, that it's not just one place, um, uh, but that it is in multiple cases, and two specific uh, places uh, that give us uh, this direct uh, uh, commandment, but then it is supported throughout uh, the Word of God of, of what we are speaking. Even in the Old Testament, it talks about uh, the wise person speaks life into his brother, that, that good words are like golden apples, and, and they, are, they are food to our our flesh. And so it is supported that what we speak to one another is what is important in, in creating the presence of God in what we are building. I don't want to build a church and yet just be dead and empty. 
You know, we can go to the Kiwanis, we can go to Rotary, we can go to other places if you want just to have good relationships. This is a place to bring the presence of God, to break down the weapons of the enemy. And, and so we are part of that. And it's not me. It's not just coming, it's not the pastor speak into me. It says to one another. It is all of us that we are to speak into one another and, and to sing into one another's life and be a part of that. So let's pick it up in Ephesians, and then we're going to go to Colossians, and then we're just going to walk through these verses, and we're just going to look at, at seven principles that are right in these verses and, and just begin to put those into practice, and then we're going to close with a, a time of doing that, of, of, of speaking and singing to God and, and worshiping uh, God today. So in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 18, says this, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all the things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he tells us we are to speak to one another. Um, we are to sing with one another. We are to make melody in our heart and fill the atmosphere where we are with the presence of God. Again, in Colossians chapter 3, uh, Paul says this again. Uh, and reiterates this in, in, in a slightly different, but basically the same thing. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so again, we get this admonition, take care of what you are speaking to one another. What are you speaking into one another when you come together? What are you uh, uh, singing out of your heart when you come together? Um, when you do come together, is the speech and the songs just routine? Do you just go through the worship service just as, as something that, oh, I like that song, oh, I don't like that song? Is it just a judgment of, of the music, it, uh, or is it irregardless of what song? See, it has nothing to do with the style or, or how fast or how loud or how quiet or how... Uh, it, it is a matter of, are we focused on bringing the presence of God from my heart into this place where others are. Because when I am worshiping, so many times we turn it into an individual thing instead of saying, I, I want my worship to overflow into one another. I want to worship in such a way that it's not just about me. It's not just, okay, do a good job up here, Aaron, so that I can close my eyes and just enter into a private place. You know, there's time for that on your own, but when we come together, there should be, I want to worship God 
Yes, through my own uh, uh, experience, but in a way that, that begins to impact others, that begins to flow over and create an environment where maybe someone else can enter into that worship where God is going to do something that he wants to do in their life. So let's look at the, these scriptures and, and let them begin to direct us in how to do this. First of all, this speaking and singing to one another comes directly from the verse that many times uh, we've used, but yet we've never complete, completed the thought where he says, don't be drunk with wine. And, and wine is just one part. That's a representation. And throughout the Bible, wine represents pleasures of the world. Okay, so it's not just wine. So many times we get so specific, we have to look at the context. That it's saying, don't be so caught up in the pleasures of the world, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And that feeling of the Spirit goes directly into the next verse, which many times we don't read. It says, speaking to one another. So in other words, when we come together, the whole purpose of coming together should be an outflow of the Holy Spirit. We are never meant to be so filled with the Spirit that I just hold it into myself, but so that we can pour it out into one another. And so this is meant to be an outflow of the Holy Spirit. Are we seeking the Spirit? Are we finding pleasure in God and in one another more than in the world, uh, more than in the wine of the world? Um, the, the whole point of being filled with the Spirit is not knowing more about Him. It's not having a deeper personal, I'm just a more spiritual person because of the Holy Spirit. No, it's saying be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can speak into others. The whole point of God, if I'm going to desire God and I want more of Him, then that is going to... That is going to reflect in my desire to speak into one another. I can't wait to get to church on Sunday so that I can share what God has been doing with me. See, that there is a hunger that the more of the Holy Spirit we have, the more desire you're going to have for the body of Christ. If there is not that outflow, it is just a pool like the Salton Sea that just pours in and pours in, but nothing goes out. And we know the Salton Sea is just a lovely place uh, that you want to live around um, that is just full of uh, life and, and pleasure. Not. Not. It's not a place. Uh, it could be. And they've talked about making it that place. But until it creates a regeneration, then it becomes that. And it's the same with us as Christians. You wonder why we struggle or why people are not coming to Christ because of us. I keep inviting them to church all the time where I have the, you know what? But have you created an outflow to where there is such a love for the body of Christ? You see, there should be something that, that, that happens because of this church, because of how we respond to one another, that, that you don't even have to invite people, that they're going to start hearing about this place. And that's with every church. So is there an outflow of our spirit in one another when we worship, when we sing, when we speak to one another? Is it, is it spirit-given? Do we let the spirit flow through us when we talk to one another, um, when we even share with one another? Is the Holy Spirit coming in and touching that tongue, taking control of that? Are we yielding our tongue to the Spirit? Or are we still, you know what, when something, you know, ticks us off, then, oh, we say what we, and then later, yeah, we, we, we really regret it. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. 
We need to say, Holy Spirit, come and take control of me. Let, let, let me be full of the Spirit so that I can begin to speak into one another. Well, not only the Spirit, but in the same way, in Colossians, it said, be filled with the Word. So not only the Spirit, but the Word. So our speaking, our conversation, our addressing one another, our worship should be filled with an outflow of what we have put in our heart, that it is the Holy Spirit, but it's also the Word. Are we filling ourselves with the Word so that what comes out of our mouth is the Word of God? See, I think the more we think on the Word, the more we give the Word place in our life, the more we're going to talk about the Word. You know, do we talk about, man, I was reading this the other day. Isn't that, this is just amazing. Do we talk about the Word? Is the Word filling us richly because it is the very presence of God? In fact, and, and it's basically the same thing because the Word of God is the, the Spirit. Every word here is the very breath of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so really, these things of being filled with the Spirit and being filled with the Word are kind of one and the same. They work together. Um, it, it, is, it is the outflow of what we are being filled with by God so that we can then fill the church. Are we putting the Word of God in our life? You know, do you, do you pray, God, give me a word just to share with my brother or sister? Just to be, you know... Just, just to, to be able, you know, sometimes you say, well, that's not my spirit. You don't have to have a spiritual gift of that because this is everyone. Speak to one another out of the word. And, and it doesn't take, you know, some super spiritual thing. You know, in your conversation, with another, you can just, man, this is what the word of God says. I just want to encourage you with it. Do we share the word of God? And if that embarrasses you, then we need to really pray that God transforms us because how dare, why should I be embarrassed about the word. Let's begin to be filled with the word so that what comes out of our mouth is from the word. And of course, when that happens, it says that what we speak should be edifying. It says that, that when we speak to one another, we should teach and admonish one another. In other words, that, that whatever we say to one another should leave someone better off than what they were before. Do we talk to one another in such a way with a, a, a recognition that my words, I, I, I determine not to say anything that is not going to lift you up? You see, that's what it's saying. It says that when you talk to each other in your teaching and admonition, admonition you are breathing life into others. Uh, in other places in the word, it says, don't say anything unless it is edifying to the body. And edifying simply means it builds them up, okay? We're not here to tear them down. Well, I'm being constructive criticism. Yeah, well, your constructive criticism is, is really flattening their life. We need to, to say our place is not to, to destroy them. The Holy Spirit is called uh, to convict them, but we are called to build them up. We let the Holy Spirit do that part, but yet many times we think we are uh, the, the one to do that. Now, now there is a place in, in, in coming alongside and, and, and correcting, but it is through an edifying, it is through a positive, it is through an encouraging that we do that. And so many times we need to be very careful uh, and, and let the Holy Spirit and the Word 
Again, be the source of that. But we need to focus on being edifying. Everything I say, I want to build people up. I want to lift them up. We need to practice that. And I'm telling you, it takes practice. Some of us, we need to practice even more because some of us, we have a tendency uh, to just, it just gets out of control real quick. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're talking about, what we're saying, you know? And it's so easy in today's world with the politics and everything. I'm going to tell you, I would say this, as soon as you um, bring up anything about this culture and what's going on, you're probably wandering across the line of what's probably edifying. I, I really could care less. When we start talking politics, there's hardly anything good in that. Um, God will take care of that. But we need to begin to edify one another. We need to speak life into one another, not to create divisions. Because as soon as you speak something, someone's going to have an opposite view. You have now created a me against you thing. And that is not what God has called us to do. Um, God will take care of those things. And it's okay to have differences of opinions, okay? It's okay to be Republican or Democrat. I, I'm not here to judge that. In fact, we should not. Our point is to be Christian. Let's speak about that. So let's stop even posting all the other things, talking about those things. Uh, why are we not talking about Jesus? Why are we not be talking about uh, what God is doing? We need to be edifying in, in what we bring into uh, our environment. And then it goes into three things. It says um, that we are to speak and sing and, and teach one another in three different ways. In other words, in a multifaceted way. It's not just in our speech, but in all different ways, we are to bring the presence of God. And, and it, it, it lists three different ways. Um, the first thing is in Psalms. That we are to speak to one another in psalms. What does that mean? Does that, you know, we just go around speaking 23rd psalms? Hello, brother. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, that's good things, but so the first thing about psalms, what is he talking about to speak to one another in psalms? The psalms represents a couple of things. First of all, it represents the word of God. Uh, the psalms was the word that they had. In other words, when we edify Edify people with the word of God. And the Psalms is a great place to encourage one another. Uh, do we speak the Psalms? Because there is a, a, a place to say, man, I was reading, the Lord is my shepherd. Can I encourage you? Man, God wants to lead you. We can talk to one another in the Psalms. And, and yet it's not just the Psalms, but the word of God is the source of our, of our subject that we talk to. And this is not even just in the church. I would encourage you that we talk to people outside the church in the same way. Um, this does not say you can talk to the, the people in the church in these edifying ways, through the spirit, through the word. It should be something that we begin to address everyone in these ways. And, and so we begin to use the Psalms. But not only is it the word of God that we need to speak the word, but the Psalms was a reflection of definitely prayer. We know that a lot of the psalms are prayers. Most of the psalms are prayers to God. You know, one way that we speak to one another is in prayer. You know, we, we need to pray with one another. We need to come together and pray over one another physically, not just I'll pray with you uh, or I'm praying for you, but then that prayer takes place on your own. You pray, pray for them right then in their presence. We need to pray together. This is, again, here's another thing. I know Sunday nights, and we're about to start back up again through our normal Sunday. When we come together Sunday nights, it is a powerful time to fill this place with prayer, 
together in the place that, that we are building the church. Uh, and, and so when we speak to one another in psalms, we, we know that the psalms are prayers that, that we begin to cry out to God. Because the, the, the Psalms are, are places where David and, and many of the others brought their prayers to God and, and began to cry out to God. And so we need to speak and sing to one another in prayers. It is, a, it is where we connect not only our joys and, and our praises, but our sorrows and our struggles. And, and, and that brings us to the third thing of Psalms. Psalms is a place of of Complaint, and, and the word, when I use complaint, I'm not saying to come together and let's start complaining to each other, but it is a place where we bring our heartfelt sorrows and say, God, would, would you stand with me? I need help. I'm hurting. We need to share our hurts with one another, not in a, in a way that, that we forget who God is, but in a, in a longing to come in a place where this is a safe place where I can be vulnerable and know that God's presence is going to meet me. That's why when you read the Psalms, some of them are heart-wrenchingly honest. God, I'm hurting. God, these people have hurt me, and, and, and right now I wish you would just kind of just beat them up and throw them out. And yet there was a bringing of that before God. It was not in spite or in my own anger it was an understanding that, God, I am going to open myself up before God, and we need to come to one another. If we cannot come to one another and, and be honest with our hurts, and then each one of us come together and say, man, I hear you, and I'm not here to fix you. I'm just going to stand with you. You see, that's how we need to speak to one another. That's how we need to sing, but that takes being together. You see, that takes spending time together so that we can do that so we need to speak to one another in psalms. But then it says in hymns. And hymns are definitely songs. Um, there is a place. Many people, why do we sing songs at church? I'm going to tell you, it is God-given. In fact, it says that song is part of God's character. And, and, and so like some people say, can't we just do church and not sing songs? And, and I know sometimes even some men, and we go to some men's places where men say, well, we're men. We don't have to always sing. No, that is not, that is the, not the nature of God. God has put song within us. Uh, whether some of us are, are, not more, are not singing as much as others, but there is, there is a powerful characteristic of song that we need to have. And so it says we are to speak to one another in hymns, in songs that lift us up, that even as we sing the songs and, and, and the hymns, uh, and, and a hymn is just basically a spiritual song, uh, so it's not just when we use hymns, I know we use the wrong word, we're thinking of old time songs. Oh, so we're only supposed to sing old time songs. That's, that's not what it meant, because remember, this was written back before any of the hymns that you sing were ever even created. The hymns that you sing were newfangled things that people then didn't like. So I'm going to tell you right now, the hymns that you think are the ones that we should, the old hymns of the church, they were usually bar songs that, that the people before that said, how dare you sing those type of things in the church? So it comes around. But what it's just saying is we need to sing together. We need to sing of the, of the uh, theology of the church, of the character of God. We, when we sing together, it's the words that matter. No matter what the music is, no matter what the, the uh, uh, 
melody is, it is about lifting our hearts to God. And it is in song many times that the words can touch us in a different way than what speech can. How many know that you can know certain things, but then you hear it in a song and all of a sudden it touches you in a different way? Um, uh, how many know that you can know the fact that, you know, uh, my heart wanders from God and, and I, I need him to bring me back? But then when you hear that same statement in a song, in our hymns, you know, that I am prone to wander, set my heart in your courts, all of a sudden the song connects to us in a different way. And so we need to begin to embrace songs in every facet of our life and speak to one another in hymns and songs and sing to one another. I think singing is important even in our home. Do we put on worship music at some point in time or, or on trips? I know we've uh, sung before on trips uh, uh, before with uh, even when I was a kid and, and, and us that we sing the songs of the church together or even put on the radio and listen and sing along. There is power in worship. We know that many times battles were won because of worship. He said, send the, send the priests out in front of you when you march out into the valley and they would just sing, and when they got there, they found that the enemy had killed themselves because the song had gone before them. We, we look, think of Jericho. He said, march around, and then let the priests shout and sing to God. And when they did, the walls came down. Many times when we put song into our life, God can break down some barriers that, that nothing else can. And then finally it says, and spiritual songs. We are to speak to one another in spiritual songs. Well, if hymns are songs and, and then psalms are actually songs from the Bible, um, what is spiritual songs? Aren't the others spiritual? Um, what he's talking about is spiritual songs are more things that, that uh, uh, are just uh, uh, spontaneous. In other words, be willing to let the Holy Spirit just put a song in your heart. And it may not even be a song that you sing. Here, an, an example would be a testimony. I just feel I need to praise God. When you stand up and give a testimony to God, that's a spiritual song. It is something that, that I begin to testify to the goodness of God. And when we speak to one another in, in, in just spontaneous movements of, of, of lifting God up, that becomes something that fills the atmosphere with who God is. And so we need to speak to one another in spiritual songs, uh, whether it's just something that God has put in my heart. Man, can I just share with you what God's put in my heart because I'm just excited. You see, that's a spiritual song that God just bubbles up within us. Sometimes it can be an actual song. Maybe in a prayer service, if God moves on you, uh, it's been beautiful at times when someone just bursts out in songs, and sometimes the song may be even in uh, the heavenly language, uh, and yet it is something that ministers even to us, um, and, and it touches uh, uh, the congregation. And so spiritual songs is that spontaneous uh, outflow that God gives us. Maybe it's something God just points in your heart, go share this with uh, your brother or your sister. And that's a spiritual song that is just an outflow that I'm willing to give. Well, the next thing it does, as we read, it says that, that we are to make melody in our heart. 
And in Colossians, it says, sing from our heart. And this is important that when we speak to another and when we sing together, it's not from our mouth and it's not from our brain. It is to be from our heart. Um, Now, I'm not saying that everything is emotional, but it's saying that you cannot serve God solely from your intellect. We need both. We need to know it and we need to feel it. If only you know it and you don't feel it, you are separated. Now, it is true that if you only feel it and yet you don't know it, then we are just uh, uh, easily shifted back and forth. But when we connect both of them, you see, that's why it says not only from the spirit, but from the word. When we are filled with the word and then we speak from our heart, there is a combination of knowledge and feeling that come together and begin to flow. So it must be from our heart. When we worship, are we worshiping from our heart or is it just routine? Are we just going through the motions? We need to begin to say, God, engage my heart. God, touch me. Let me know you. God, let me experience you. Let me begin to speak to one another out of my heart. Let me, let me open my heart to one another. I think so many times we don't open our heart to one another. We barely scratch the surface and our, our relationships are all superficial. God is looking for a church that is willing to open their heart to one another, that are willing to stand for one another because we have one another's hearts. Do we take time to engage our heart in worship, in, in conversation? The next thing it says, it says that we are to do it to the Lord. We need to understand that even while we are speaking to one another, it is to the Lord. You see, our relationships are being built for the glory of the Lord. It is, it is unto God that we speak to one another. We talked about this before, that even when we serve one another, when we encourage one another, Jesus himself said, when you do it to one of the least, you're doing it to me. And so we need to understand that my worship of God cannot be separate from my going deeper and deeper with the body of Christ. And that's why people say, well, I can worship God and I can have a relationship and never come to church. No, you cannot. It is absolutely opposite of the very character of God for us to walk with God and not begin to root ourselves with one another because the very character of God is to desire one another. In fact, that's why Jesus came. It's because he so loved the world that he gave and he came. So how can we say, I love you, God, so much that you don't come to the body Come to church. Begin to give yourself to, the, to the, what God is building. You see, it goes together, and that is your worship to the Lord. So as I love the church, it is to the Lord. That is the very outflow of how I worship the Lord, is, is by speaking into one another, of, of finding that purpose. Because as I speak into the church and as I receive from others in the church and, and from others as we, we grow together and bring the presence of God into the temple, you see, then God is the focus of everything we do. So that everything we say, everything we sing, other, everything that even in our prayers and our worship, it is to God. So it is not for the church. It is not about being religious. It is not about being legalistic. If that's your purpose, you might do the same things, but that's why where it comes from is more important than what you do. Are you doing it to the Lord? Are you doing it because 
God deserves it. Which brings us to the final thing that both scriptures ended with this. In both cases, it says, as you sing, as you speak to one another, be filled with thanksgiving. And you know what that really is? Thanksgiving is, is really praise. I am so thankful because God, it's all about you. So as we do this, this, is, this is, brings us roundabout. It is for the presence of God. Are we filled with thanksgiving? Are we doing this to the praise of our God? Because he has been so good. You know, it doesn't matter about what brother or sister has done to you because it's not about them, it's about God. You know why it's so easy to forgive one another? Is when we're focused on God. You see, when you are filled with thanksgiving to how good God has been to you and how merciful he has been to forgive your sins, then what other people have said to you or done to you, they can fade away. The only reason that those become so blatant in our hearts is because you're not focusing on how thankful you are to God. I can tell someone that, that is not thankful and humble before God because then they, they fly off the handle so quick. Why? Because other things, that becomes more important to them. See, their own status or how you treat me becomes more... When we are humble and thankful before, before God, you know what? I deserve anything. How, how can I, the one who has received mercy from God and have been given such a great sacrifice, how can I then hold someone else accountable to how they're treating me? In fact, the Bible tells a story of that about the servant who was, was forgiven a great debt, but then as soon as he saw his brother who owed him like $50, he threw him in prison until he paid him back. You see, we have lost our thanksgiving to God. So when we come together, we speak together with grace and mercy. And the reason we can be gracious to one another is because I am so filled with the thanksgiving and focus on God. And I'm going to tell you, when we as a church become more focused on God and the grace and mercy of His, I'm going to tell you, the world will be pulled towards us. So we need to begin to speak to one another with a focus on the presence of God. In other words, the only reason we're here is so that the Holy Spirit of God can fill this place. And this place could be two people in a car. Because remember, the church and the presence of God is when any of us come together. It's not this building. It's when we come together. And so are we beginning to prepare a place where the presence of God can fill wherever we are? Because we are speaking and we are singing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We are uh, filling our mind. We are filling our heart with the love of God. I am so filled with the Spirit and the Word that it overflows, that that is what comes out. And as I do, again, Christ is building His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against this type of environment. If we will, again, begin to say, this is how I'm going to treat one another. Now, it's up to us. It's one thing to hear it, another thing to do it. Jesus said, blessed are those that not hear the word, but those that do it. I've given you eight weeks of how we are to 
respond to one another, how we are to view one another, how we are to value one another. But now it's up to us. Are we going to put that into practice? Are we just going to fall back into the same old routine, church is church, and we go about our life? If we want to see the gates of hell torn down, then we need to see the church as the very bride of Christ, the presence of God in this world, and that I'm a part of that. And that then my individual life does make a difference, but not because of me, it's because I am joined to the very temple of God where the presence of God dwells. So let's begin to put that into practice and begin to build that Christ build the church so that the gates of hell at my house, the gates of hell in my heart, the gates of hell in my community can be torn down because we together, one another, are a body, are a temple, are a family that is the salt of this world, that is the light in the darkness. And in so doing, we also experience the love of God in every way. Let's bow our hearts.